Hopefully you've met someone that you haven't met already. Made them feel welcome. Awesome. I know. No, it's, it's not to stop some of the guys. That's a problem. <laughs> we'll wait, Steve. <laughs> okay, while they're going, um, so while they, oh, there we go. There we go. Woo! Guys got lots of words there, Steve. It's amazing, bro. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lend a hand. So lucky to have everyone with us. Uh, you're glad, uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad the guys are upstairs. Um, it just feel, yeah, just exciting what God is doing. Even hearing about the blessings financially, emotionally, spiritually. We were looking for like six grand in the beginning. And Abby's like, hey, where do we find six thousand rand? I'm like, ask the com, ask the leaders. And then next thing, 40,000 rand for a new car. I'm like, what? God is amazing. I mean, it's big money. It's like God is, and that's just money. It's like, what about spiritual and our hearts and him healing bodies and all those kind of things. And so super excited and what God is doing in and through us, even though we're facing all these funny things that we are facing. So I just want to make known quickly before I preach. So this will be my last Sunday here for a bit. I know, sorry, who did that? I love whoever that was. Aww. Okay, um, so uh, next week I'm going to be in Mossa Bay. We're going on a trip. Uh, we're going we're gonna to set elders aside and do our thing over there. Um, and Will will be coming with us, so um, we're looking forward to that. And then I'm on leave from that Tuesday for a month. And so I'm saying that because Carl, who is upstairs right now, is going to be leading in my stead. So he's kind of going to be a better version of me, better looking, more energy, older and better. He's got hair. Um, and so if you could give him the same love and respect that you give me, that would be amazing. He'll be working with the elders on the ground, so Steve and Jody, and there's a few other guys that uh, team that will come around him. And so he'll be leading in my stead, and I've asked him to run hard, to make decisions, to build life into the congregation, to do whatever God is saying over the four weeks that I'm going to be away, or five weeks I'm going to be away. And, uh, and, and it's so cool because he's, he's just four weeks, well, five weeks with, with Marcel Bay. So, yeah, sorry about that. Um, Excited for you, Steve. Hold on, give me two seconds. Just trying to make this bigger. There we go. go. Don't want it to be a choke chain, you know. So, um, and so, um, it's just so cool that he's he's just a saint in the house. He'll be prayed in as an elder on the 22nd of September. So, he's kind of like, don't mess it up for him, okay, guys? Like, be nice to him, okay? We want him to come in on the 22nd and just love being an elder. And so... I'm going to miss you guys, but I think you're in good hands, and um, yeah, it's, it's just, um, when I get back, hopefully I'll hear, yeah, Cole did such a good job, Brett, you fired. That's what I'm hoping for, so we'll see if that, if that comes out. So no, no pressure, Cole, but uh, we love you, bud, and uh, yeah, cool. So, and don't not come to church because I'm not here. That's another reason why I want to say that. That's very bad if you do that, okay? So even you guys upstairs and in the homes. So I want to ask this question quickly this evening, and hopefully I'm going to, I've put like 20 minutes on. I'm trying to get this done quick, and we're going to worship and ministry. So I want to ask the question, are you feeling overlooked or isolated from God at the moment? Um, and there's probably a big chance that you are. Um, I think with where we are in the world, with things happening, not being able to see each other as much, um, and so sometimes even wanting ministry or wanting God to do something in our lives it feels like he's not seeing us, right, so, so, so often. And so I want to speak around that tonight. Um, and if you are feeling overlooked, um, I want to say this. 
that you're probably in the best place that you could be. You're like, what does that mean? Like I'm feeling, it doesn't feel nice to be overlooked. And I want to use David's story tonight very quickly to bring some biblical principles into our hearts that hopefully if you are doing that, or if you expect it to be further in serving the church or in your business or whatever it is, or if you feel like God has left you, I want to try and encourage us tonight that he probably hasn't. And it's for a reason why you're feeling like you're feeling. And I've been through it, and many of us have been through it, and we'll continue to go through it. And so that's kind of the premise of what I want to speak about tonight. So 1 Samuel 16, verses 1, it'll probably be the next slide over. It says, oh, it's very small. I should have made it bigger. Sorry. It says this, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I've rejected him as king over Israel? So basically, we, we come into the story, Saul's really messed up, um, and uh, he's done. God's like, I'm done with him. He's over. And then he goes and he says, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. And so it's quite an interesting thing. Saul's done. He's no longer king in God's eyes. And God has already, already chosen someone before Samuel even goes to the house of Jesse. So I want you to keep that in your mind because He's already got it. He said, go, one of the sons is going to be the king, and it is amazing. And so the next slide that I saw you put up um, says this, character over ability any day of the week. I put that in because over the 20-odd years that I've been a pastor, I've realized one thing, that you get really, really gifted people. I'm not one of them, but you get many, many gifted people. Cole's one of them. He's very gifted. Love you, bud. And uh, but he's also got a good character. So let me, let me put that out there. I, I almost messed myself up there. You know what I'm saying? It was like, so he's just like a double whammy awesomeness. And you get guys that can do it. They've got all the gifting. They've got all the charisma. They've got all the thing, but they lack character. And the one thing I found is this. I would choose a guy that's got character, but he's not that gifted over a guy that is gifted, but doesn't have character. Because you can teach giftedness. You can teach ability, but you can't teach character. And it's interesting, when, when God speaks to Samuel to go to the house of um, Jesse, this is what he says to him in, in 1 Samuel 16, 7. He says this, sorry, it's so small, I'll make it bigger next time. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't look on the appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. So in other words, he's speaking about Saul here. He's going, I'm sending you to this family, you're going to find a new king, don't fall into the trap of what people look at. Because Saul was a head taller than everyone. He was handsome. And that's why he was chosen in the beginning, really. And he says, don't. You're going into this household. I think there's this like, safeguard happening there. He's going, you might be looking for something in your mind. But I'm telling you, don't look for that. Because that's what man looks like. Okay, looks for. Then he goes on, he says, because um, I've rejected him. For the Lord, no, no, back, back. The Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance. But the Lord looks on the heart. And so God had set aside someone to be king, not because of appearance necessarily, not because of giftedness, not because of anything, not because of ability, because he had a heart after him, which is amazing. Like you're thinking, okay, this is amazing. This, is, this guy must be awesome, you know? And, uh, and then something crazy happens. <laughs> um, Jesse lines up all seven sons, and Samuel goes, and, he, and God's like, no, not that guy, not that one. Not that one, not that one. And he goes through seven of his sons. And at the end, he goes, the king isn't here. Don't, do you have another son? And then Jesse's like, oh, yeah, I do have another son. 
And so 1 Samuel 16, 10 to 13 says this. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. And behold, he is keeping the sheep. And so Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him. For we will not sit down until he comes here. So now this is, this is quite profound. David was totally overlooked. Totally forgotten. He's just the youngest son. He's shepherding in the field. I'm not even going to line him up. <laughs> That's quite something. It's like, think about it. And Jesse's like, no, are you sure this is all your sons? And Jesse's like, oh, well, hold on. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, there's this guy named David. He's our youngest son. And uh, they call him. And it's funny, it's like David could have reacted badly. He could have gone, oh, my dad forgot about me. I wasn't even lined up. Why am I? But there's no record in the Bible of him doing that. He could have maybe, but there's no record. He just was a shepherd doing his thing in the field. And you know the story, and if you don't know the story, he gets anointed as king. And he's probably, we're estimating, he's probably like 15 years old when this happens, when he's anointed, when Samuel... Um, anoints him as king, which is interesting. And so, something interesting about shepherds, um, they were always the youngest in the family, which, was a, which makes sense, because David was the youngest. So, when his first son was born, he would be the shepherd. When the second son came, he wouldn't be shepherd. I mean, the first guy wouldn't be shepherd anymore, second, and so forth, and so forth. But shepherds had interesting things. They had a script, which was like a leather bag that they put bread and cheese and olives and little things in. It was like a rack sack. They had a rod for defense and for beating off wild animals and all those things. They had a staff for helping sheep out of holes and it's normally crooked and all of those, you know, that kind of stuff. They had a sling and a kinor or a flute. In other words, that was a mini harp. A kinor or a flute would be a mini harp. And so this is what they would have with them, which is interesting because, because after David had been anointed king, he comes in and, and, and one, well, just before this, he says 1 Samuel 16, 12 to 13, which is quite interesting. It says this. And then he sent out for him. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day onwards. And Saul rose up and went to Ramah. It's so interesting. It's like God says, be careful. Don't look on the upward appearance. I'm looking for a guy my own heart. It's crazy. It's almost like a contradiction. And then he goes through all the sons, and he's probably look like, I don't want to look at what they look like. I don't want to look at... And then David's left out, and he's in the field, and he's doing his thing, and then he's beautiful and ruddy and got beautiful eyes, and he's handsome. And you're thinking, see, God didn't look at that. He had set him aside before that. He saw his heart. And this is a big thing for us. Because if you're feeling overlooked, if you're feeling like God has forgotten about you, if you're feeling isolated, I think the question you need to be asking yourself is, is my heart for God? Am I doing what he's called me to do, even though no one's giving me the shine? Or are we hardening our hearts and moaning and groaning and doing all that thing where no one else can see? Does it make sense? And we don't see David doing that. He's just David, and it's amazing. And so, 
The reason why I'm excited about this story is this, because while David was a shepherd, while he was in the fields, while he was looking after the sheep, I believe that's the time that God was preparing him to be king. I believe that if he wasn't doing that, he wouldn't have been able to stand against Goliath. He wouldn't have been able to be um, on a Saul. He wouldn't have been able to actually step into kingship. And so while we've been overlooked by God so often, it's the perfect time because that's when he normally shapes us. That's when the training happens. That's when we get the slingshot sorted out and the rod in our hand sorted out and our worship muscle sorted out. Because while he was in the field, he was playing his harp. He was worshiping to God. God saw his heart in the field. He didn't see him when he was anointed king. He, God already knew. Does it make sense? It's such an encouraging story because it's like he was, yeah, he was getting set up for God to use him in that way. As king, and he was the best king. He was the only king that ruled over both kingdoms. Ever. It's just an amazing story of a young man. And so a few things happen. He becomes a worshiper and a musician. 1 Samuel 16 14. Uh, David is called to play. Um, he's called to. You want you one slide ahead, dude. Sorry, just got to go back a bit. Okay. Um, so you, he was called to play the harp when Saul had a demon in him to see them. Where did he learn that? In the field. Uh, the next one, the lion and the bear. This is cool. I want to read this to you. So, so, so David goes to visit his brothers, and they at war, and he wanted to bring them food, and they rebuked him and said, oh, why are you here? You shouldn't be here. You're just this little guy. But remember, he's just been anointed, eh? He knows his king. He knows, and God knows his king, and Samuel knows his king, and even his brothers know his king. And um, it's not on the slides, but let me read it for us quickly. But, but David said to Saul, your, servants used, your servant used to keep sheep for his, for his father, and when there came a lion or a bear he would, and took the lamb from the flock, I went up after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if it rose up again, I caught him by his beard and I struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he defiles the, the, the armies of the living God. So you get this. Like, he's not even lined up for king. But he's killing lions and bears. That's crazy. And he said, when they came... They wouldn't let the sheep go. I'd take him by the beard. I, I don't know if you've ever been to Drakenstein Lion Park up the road yet. Those, those, some of those lions are massive. The fact that he would <laughs> put him by the beard and kill him with his hand is a... Uh, and he said, who's this Philistine? Who's this giant? Who's this Goliath? If I can do that because of my God. And so you can see he's a musician. He's, he's got a heart for God. He's singing. He's writing psalms. He's killing bears and lions. God is... Honing him, he's growing him, maturing him, getting him ready to be king. So if he was anointed at 15 years old or so, he probably fought Goliath at around 16 to 19 years old because he wasn't, he was, the word adolescent in 1 Samuel 17 uh, implies just a boy, and I would be in, those, in that age gap. And he only became king at the age of 30. So it was like a 15-year gap from the time he was anointed and overlooked all this time to the point that he became king. It's crazy, because when we read the Bible, we don't take into consideration the, time, the timeline. So it didn't just happen. He wasn't just anointed and then became king. 
he was anointed, and then he, he, he was anointed king. He faced Goliath. He was banished by Paul. He hid in a desert. He ran out of the nation sometimes. He fought many battles. And it was about 15 years until he took up the throne. That's crazy to think about. Amazing. And even for my journey, when, I mean, I became a pastor at uh, 23, um, and, and you don't know what you don't know when you're 23 years old. Um, it's ridiculous, actually. <laughs> no one should become a pastor at that age. Now <laughs> think back. And, and my, my time period was about 10 years for me. I was in another denomination, another congregation. It was a good one. But I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what I had to learn. I didn't know what I was good at or bad at. I didn't know what my gifts are. All I, I had a theological degree with honors, and that's all I had. And then I had to learn how to deal with people and love them and be like Jesus would towards them. And for 10 years, I did, packed out the chairs. I cut the grass. I, if there was painting to do in the building, I did that. If there's children's ministry to do that with the children's workers, I did that. Youth ministry, young adults, anything and everything that I needed to do. Actually, all the jobs that no one else wanted to do, I did those jobs because I was the youngest in the church. And I had to fight with my heart a lot. Going, why? God, why do I have to paint the church? I'm, it's not my job. <laughs> Doing heart work. When my leaders, when I disagreed with them, and I was like, oh, I don't know if that's the Lord. Heart work. I had to learn to be a good follower. I had to learn to honor those above me, even though I disagreed with them. And so coming out of that, I came to Josh Jen, and literally what I was told is, Brett, you'll always just be a youth pastor for the rest of your life. You're not gifted beyond that. That was my cap. And for 10 years, I worked my hardest to be the best that I could be in that cap. You know, in that, that's the vision they had for me, right? And even like two years before the end of those 10-year period, I said to Abby, because we just got married, I said, babes, I don't know if I can do this anymore. My heart is changing. I don't want to work with young people. I don't. And we didn't tell a soul. We just prayed and trusted and were silent and carried on doing what we were doing and just was trying to be as honoring as possible. And one day out of the blue, Will phones me going, I need to talk to you. God has spoken to me. And the rest is history. And I stepped into Josh Jen, and literally in three months, I was leading one of the biggest congregations at that time in Josh Jen. Brazil, preaching around the city, all over the place, from someone who was just a youth pastor to someone who is doing stuff that he should maybe be doing. So put yourself into this. You might be going, yes, why isn't Brett seeing me? Why isn't God doing this? Why, I, why is he the guy preaching and not me? Maybe there are better preachers here than me. That's awesome. I'm, hopefully you rise up. But the point is this. I think it's a heart thing. It's, it's, it's a heart thing. God is trying to shift our hearts to love him. Because if you do my job for you, it's going to kill you. If you're a pastor for yourself, I'm telling you now, you're going to hate your life. Because it's, it's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> but if you're doing it for the Lord and you're called... And it's about him and his kingdom. It's a lot easier. And we, you and Yilton did every, some hectic things this week. <laughs> and you think you did, Lord. <laughs> but it's a call there. It's the love of Jesus. It's the love for one another that gets us through, you know. And so just a, as I close, just a, another way of looking at it. Um, matric dances were a big thing when I was matriculating. I don't know if it's still a big thing, but it's kind of a big thing. Anyways, I was, um, I was, uh, 
went to Metric Dance, and it was a really good evening, and it was a celebration of finishing high school, and we took a bunch of photos. And I took those spools. In those days, you get the spool out of the camera, you know, and I took it to the developer, and uh, I got a phone call the next afternoon. I was very excited because I wanted to see how good-looking look, I was in my tuxedo and stuff. And the guy on the phone says, ah, sorry, sir, I've got bad news. While we're developing your photos, there was light that came into the machine we didn't realize, and we can't, we can't salvage anything. You've lost all your memories. And so to this day, there were no photos that I took or that my parents took of me and my metric dance. History written off. And the thing about photography, and especially in the, back in the days, you had to develop the photos in a dark room. It had to be specialized light. If, if, if there was anyone that came in and opened the door and light came in, it would just destroy everything and all those images would be gone. And I think what the Lord is trying to say to us tonight is this, that just like David and Joseph and Moses and so many others, myself included, if we try shortcut what God is doing and if we try short, shorten the time that he's do, what he wants to do in us, with, it's almost like we're developing a photo and he's, he's wanting me to be his son who serves him well. If I do it in my own strength, we open the door, we let the light in, and we shortcut what God wants to do. Does it make sense? And we almost destroy ourselves in him because we're trying to take things into our own hands. <laughs> Does it make sense? And so could I just say this? If you are feeling overlooked, isolated, not loved, if you think you deserve more, you probably do, but there's a high chance that God has put you where he's put you right now because he wants you to be there so you can learn to have a heart after him. So in closing, I want to just give us um, three practical things quickly. And so Psalm 105 verses 19 says this, and it's not talking about David, but he's talking about Joseph, and Joseph goes through a very similar thing. It's very interesting. It says this, Until what he had said came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. And this is a beautiful thing. Like Joseph had dreams that his brothers would bow down and the whole nation would bow down. And it was probably 15, 20 years as well that he was in Potiphar's house and then he was in prison and then he was forgotten. And then the next thing, he's the second in charge of the whole land and becoming very, and, and it's interesting. It says, until what he had said, until what God had said came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. And if you are going, yes, I'm overlooked, I'm isolated, I'm freaking out. I'm telling you now, the word of God is testing you. And be like a David. <laughs> be like a, a Joseph. Be like a Moses who spent 40 years in the wilderness shepherding sheep as well. Saul, if you go through basically every Bible character, there's some time in their life where God is developing them into a man or a woman that he can use. Don't shortcut it. Don't overstep. <laughs> and if I had two years in after the 10-year thing, if I'd done it on my own, I'd tell you now, I wouldn't be in Josh Jen right now. I wouldn't be here with you guys. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing and loving Jesus like I am because I would have done it on my own side. I would never have had this opportunity. And I think we've got to be very careful for that. And so how did David do this thing? As 20 minutes goes really quickly. I think it's this. I think it's three things. I think we've got to trust God's wisdom and plan for our lives. It's the first one. I think we need to stay in our lane and just do what God's called you to do. Try not to be anything that you're not. So, so trust God. Trust his ways. Trust he is God. He's infinitely awesome. You can give 40,000 rand from some random person to another random person because they just want it. Or save someone from COVID. He's God. Just trust him. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Try not to be something that you're not. 
And I think if you've known me over time, I'm probably similar to what I am here, that I'm at home, that I'm on the sports field, that I'm trying to be that. I'm trying to just be Brett, who loves Jesus, who serves like he want, God wants him to serve. And if I'm not, please come and tell me, because that's, my heart is to be the same wherever I am. And then to be a good follower. And I think David did this really well. There were many times where he could have taken Saul out. Because Saul was trying to kill him. He tried to pin him to the wall a few times with the javelin. He tried to send armies out of him and to get him. And he, he was a good follower. He's like, I will not overstep and touch God's chosen person. He was like he had this heart for God and for people to honor and to do it right. Because I think he trusted God. I think he wanted to stay in his land. He knew he was anointed as king, but his time had, had not yet come. And until that time came, he held true to what God was calling him to be. And so I, I really feel like this is a word in season for us as a church and then for the guys upstairs as well. Because if we get this wrong, I'm telling you now, disunity, pain, hurt, we miss God's call for our lives, we become miserable, disgruntled, serving in church becomes laborious and tiring and... Ah, and it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be joyful and exciting and powerful. And we wake up every day going, Jesus, I want to serve you in the way that you've called me to serve you. It doesn't make sense. I, sorry, it seems like you guys are very flat tonight, but maybe it's just me because I'm tired. But, and for the guys upstairs as well. So we're gonna, I'm going to pray for you, pray for us. And then in the worship time, if the Lord has spoken to you in any way, um, if you're feeling isolated, even if, if it's COVID isolation or whatever, it's just come before the Lord. Get your hearts set with Him. <laughs> just do work with Him. Sing to Him, worship Him, pray to Him. Um, say, God, here I am. If you don't know Him, I don't know if anyone, everyone knows Him. In this, but just, God, I want to know You. I want to serve You. I want my heart to follow You. God is doing so many amazing things. It's just, I worry sometimes that the flesh wants to take over. And when that happens, yeah, it's chumos. So hopefully that's my heart, and I think that's God's heart. And um, yeah, I'm just going to pray. And then uh, Sam Jam, are you guys ready at the back? I don't know. I think they're trying to write songs or something. He looks nervous. Here he comes. And then for the guys upstairs, um, Carl and Monoe are going to lead you guys into worship, and you guys just do what you guys are going to do upstairs and worship and pray with each other and whatever the case may be. And so, here they come. He looks so cool with his guitar on his back like that, with his beanie. Which sounds good looking like you, Sam. That's <laughs> cool. So let's pray, and it's just... Uh, yeah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for um, just even people like David who we can learn from, Father God. Um, Lord, I want to just pray, and we want to pray too, that your spirit will just fall upon this place, that um, as we sing to you now, as we worship you, as we open our hearts to you um, in a different way, that, Lord, your spirit will really just speak to us um, and every single one of us here and downstairs, upstairs in the bra room. Lord, that if anyone's looking, uh, feeling overlooked or discarded or isolated from your presence, Father, that you'll draw them close tonight. 
Lord, if there's any disgruntlement or pride that's welling up, Lord, that you'll deal with that to us, with us tonight, Father. Lord, there would just be total freedom in our hearts and our minds, Father. Lord, that there'll be one heart, one mind, one spirit here tonight. Lord, as a congregation, Lord, that oh, we will just bring a smile to your face. Lord, yeah, just lead us in this time as well, Father. Lord, we want to be transparent. We want to be open. We want to, we want to just bear our hearts open to you, Lord, that you can say, just like you said of David, that lady and that man is a, a woman and a man after my own heart. we do that, you're welcome to stand, you're welcome to sit, you're welcome to do whatever you want actually and uh, we're just going to sing and worship, if you do have a word and you're feeling very strongly, chat to Steve, well, just grab the microphone at the back there and uh, let's see what God wants to do, if you want prayer come forward man, we'd love to pray with you and uh, if you're feeling like if there are guys that come for prayer and you want to come and lay hands on them and pray with us just keep your mask on and come do that um, and so uh,